This is an interesting subject, um, talking about speaking in tongues. It's one of the listed gifts um, in, uh, in the 1970s during the, the charismatic revival. Um, it was probably the most controversial uh, of the spiritual gifts and it's quite interesting really to come and talk about this. There's been controversy over the years. There's been claims uh, that it's just mindless babble and hysteria uh, among some overexcited enthusiasts on one end. On the other, uh, I have met protagonists uh, who in all sincerity told me that nobody who doesn't speak in tongues can possibly be a Christian. Uh, both are extreme. Uh, I don't agree with either of them. And it is interesting in this, there, there's also a school of thought which says that all speaking in tongues has to be in a discernible human language. Uh, and that's what the passage uh, here means. And the, the quotation is obviously Acts chapter 2, where uh, Peter is preaching and people hear in, in all, all their own native tongues. But I think this passage makes it clear that that's not actually what's being referenced here, that there's both a human uh, element and a spiritual element. So it's quite interesting how much um, this, is, this has caused controversy over the years. It is also a question, I don't know about you, but I get asked by people who are not Christians. So people say to me, so do you speak in tongues then? And I kind of wonder, because it's, I mean, let's be honest, it's quite an obscure question. You kind of think, okay, this is bizarre really. We've got through war and death and suffering and dinosaurs and is my granny going to hell? And we've got to, do you speak in tongues? I mean, it's a rather obscure question really to ask in the sort of controversy of the ups and downs of life and the problems of the world to be asked that. And uh, I've got to be honest, I, I just immediately, you know that little, it's a trap light that goes off in your head? That's the one that goes off my head. But by the by, I mean the controversy, my point being the controversy or apparent controversy seems to have made its way out into the outside world as well. So it's quite interesting. So all that, there is some controversy in this. But before we start looking at any of that, let me give you a little bit of uh, personal testimony. Here's my experience, just so you know. So, I'm 19 years old. I became a Christian when I was 11 in a Brethren church. The greatest apologist in the Western world for cessationist thinking, that is the people who believe that the Holy Spirit retired in 2 AD, was Professor William Barclay. My father not only studied under William Barclay, but was mentored by William Barclay. And when I was a small child, I used to think it was hilarious because he was the only person I ever met, including my mother, who called my dad Philip, which is actually his name. But there you go. It was a rather formal household. What can I say? So anyway, I was brought up, brought up strongly being told that all of these things were very well when the church began but they've all kind of faded now because we've got better understanding and we have the gospel. This is very much what I was. So anyway, I'm 19 years old and I go to a house church 
on Socky Hall Street in Glasgow one Sunday morning. And it's, it's relatively large, there's about 60 people, it's quite a small room, but 60 people. The, the, um, the, the singing is very enthusiastic, uh, and there's a lot of people dressed like hippies, which was quite interesting because I was very much into punk rock at the time, so uh, I stuck out like a sore thumb, uh, and actually my hair stuck up like a sore thumb as well, uh, but there we were. And they were saying, I could tell you what they were singing. They were singing, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains of the hills will break forth before you. Do you know that song? That is, I can tell you, that is what I say. Everybody's singing. Nobody's paying any attention to me. There's no ministry going on at the front. Nothing has happened. Just a big bunch of people, mostly badly dressed, singing very loudly and enthusiastically. And suddenly, I start singing in a tongue I don't understand for no reason. Just out it all comes. And in my heart, I know what I am giving thanks for. And it all makes complete sense to me. And nobody noticed, because everybody's like, nobody prayed for me, nobody laid hands on me, I didn't fall over, there was no teaching that day from beginning to end about speaking in tongues, nobody even referenced it, and yet there I was in the middle of this whole service, and that's what was happening. And it was fantastic. It was great. And do you know what? I didn't tell anybody for a fortnight, because mostly I didn't really have anybody to tell, because kind of the people that were at, I was only really visiting this church, so I didn't really know many people. And most of the people that I did know who had any experience of charismatic things were kind of reserved about it all. So this was, it was quite interesting. However, it didn't go away. I carried on. I couldn't help it. I found that if I opened my mouth and I had something to say, that the Holy Spirit would give me an expression that wasn't English. And let me assure you, that's the only language I speak, and there is some debate in this church about whether I actually do <laughs> speak that language. So, therefore, it became a very natural thing. And what could I do? Suddenly, apparently, in the center of Glasgow in 1979, the Holy Spirit has come out of retirement. <laughs> I have to say, uh, to the end of his days, my dad disagreed. And every time we had a conversation, out would come the William Barclay reference books but I cannot change what happened. Am I demon-possessed? No. Did I know what I was saying and praying in my heart? Yes. Was it an enormous blessing? You're not kidding. Does it continue to be? Yes. So, I can only teach from this standpoint that it has been a central part of my spiritual walk from 1979 to today, and I can't really offer you a perspective outside of that. I didn't have a big 
hysterical experience. I didn't have somebody shouting at me that it really had to happen. I didn't have anybody's palm arriving on my forehead either at zero or indeed at 40 miles an hour so that I might fall over. I didn't have any of that. There was no human intervention involved whatsoever, and yet it remains a spiritual gift which has been a blessing to me for my entire Christian walk since that day. Just so you know. So if you're looking for a what should we say, an unbalanced, uh, a balanced view on this. I haven't got a balanced view on this. I am biased, and it's a great thing. So, uh, like Tim, I'm going to give you enthusiasm, but not in Japanese. Okay, so what is, what is then a speaking in a tongue? Well, the, the, the easy translation of this biblically is simply speaking in a language which is not your own. That's, that's what it means. And if you were translating it uh, from the Greek, that's what it would be, foreign tongue. You'd be speaking in a foreign tongue. So you're speaking a language which is not your own, which comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a verbal outpouring when our spirit, remember what the pastor said, when our spirit and the Holy Spirit connect, that's what that is. It's an outpouring when our spirit and the Holy Spirit connect that does not use our native language. What this passage is making it clear, and it's certainly my experience, is this, that it is primarily and almost, almost exclusively to help the individual believer in their personal walk. Almost exclusively to help the individual in their personal walk. Now, this is not mindless babble. So, the, Paul makes it clear, and let me make it clear. Because again, I remember, and those of you like Mike Shaw, we, we reminisce a bit about the charismatic movement in the 70s. We were around uh, and into the 80s. There was a viewpoint at times which said, if you engage your brain, you will stifle the spirit. Can I just give you a really stern warning against this? Nothing in the Bible ever suggests disengage brain. Other religions, some of which are very dangerous, suggest there is nothing. There is the opposite, in fact. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are given a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Paul, Paul reiterates again here. He says, I am using my mind. So, this is what I'm saying to you. Whenever I pray or speak or sing in tongues, I know in my mind what it is I'm trying to say. Can I tell you, when I speak in tongues and I'm troubled and I'm struggling for the right words to say, as the Holy Spirit helps me by speaking in tongues to organize my mind, so often I move towards English and actually start to, to be able to verbalize what's really going on. And that helps me in my mind to start to make sense of what it is that's actually troubling me. And we, remember, we have a God of revelation. We have a God of revelation. He wants us to understand what it is we are battling with. So, therefore, it becomes a really useful tool. So, 
This is what I want you to do. Just, just weigh it yourself so that you can think about this. Because it's up to you, really, how you move forward. But that's my first point. My first point to you this is my experience of speaking in tongues is this. It is a very, very useful gift. It's very useful. It's a good gift, and it does this one thing. And I know you might think this is a, this is a challenging thing, but it is. Paul says this, in the same way, this is in Romans chapter 8, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'm sure a lot of you know this passage. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God of God. It's God's desire, as we know, for us to have relationship with Him. Relationship with Him is about communication. Yes, we need to be able to communicate. It's very difficult when we are wrestling with a thing and we cannot find the words. And I don't know if, what you're like. Okay, I'm, I'm a reflector by nature. That means that when something gets difficult, my tendency is to withdraw and to get my head round it. And I only sort of re-emerge as I'm beginning to make sense of things. Arlene has got used to this, but on occasions it frustrates her, and I understand why. But this is not the relationship we're called to have with God. We're called to have a transparent relationship with Him, and He helps us even when we do not know what the matter is, we can still communicate with Him that we are in trouble. And because the Holy Spirit searches the hearts of men, that's what the Bible tells us, although we can't verbalize the trouble we're in, the Holy Spirit still understands it and can keep that communication with God. That's a remarkable thing, isn't it? That's a remarkable opportunity. That's the opportunity that allows us to keep almost constant communication with God, no matter what troubles us or bothers us. This is a very useful gift. This is very useful. So, we don't know what to pray. We can't find the words to express ourselves. We're struggling to find a focus. We feel a bit dry. We can't find or feel God's presence. We are overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. We can't, we can't get it out because of joy or sorrow despair or anguish, we, we're struggling. In all of these instances, the Holy Spirit facilitates us to pray and worship. That's really useful. We don't have to find carefully constructed, grammatically correct sentences. We can just express where we're at and the Holy Spirit works. But more, if we can do this and here's a big advantage. We're much more likely to pray because we're able to do it. It makes us more likely to have contact and not less likely. That's really useful. We're more likely to bring it. I, I, I did share with a few people, but we sang a while back. We sang, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus. And we, uh, do you know all our sins and griefs to bear? Do you know the hymn? 
Well, for some reason, we ended up doing it three times in a fortnight, uh, one way or another. Not all of you, but I came across it. And there's this thing, oh, what peace we, do not, we often forfeit. What needless care we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I got really challenged by that, and it's there. We need to pray rather than to worry. So that's, that's the start. It's very useful. Number two, this is a gift for everyone. This is a gift for all believers. Everyone, it is available. Don't get me wrong here. I am not wagging the finger and saying, you should, you must. And I'm not saying less than Christians, more than Christians. That's not what I'm saying. I know, and I have met people who do say that, this is not what the Bible says. It says, there is a tool available to you which will help your spiritual growth should you choose to use it. There is nobody specially selected to speak in tongues and other people not specially selected to speak in tongues. I know the Bible suggests that, that distinction with other gifts, but not with this one. So it is a gift for everyone, anyone can speak in tongues and sing and pray in tongues. But remember, it's for you privately. So even in Corinth where Paul is having to deal with a lot of misuse, Paul is having to deal with a lot of misuse. Now remember, in Corinth they were so excited about spiritual gifts that they were kind of using them to compete with each other and show off. I I wish that that was the least of the problems. Dear, dear, I feel for Paul. But even in the midst of all this misbehavior, Paul still says to them, I wish you all spoke in tongues. Not because he wants the misbehavior to continue, but because he wants these Christians to mature by having an ongoing constant prayer life with Jesus. Because he knows that that's the real solution. The further we walk along the road with Jesus, the more spiritually we grow up. And this is a tool that helps it. And he's gone, I hope that you would have that, which is good. Because despite the hassle, that's what he wants. He doesn't want to see people blabbering gibberish to one another. I, I always imagine them with a kind of sort of, um, you know, sort of that idiot smile on the face. We have a word in Scotland which we call glaikit. Now, glaikit is, uh, is a Scottish word. And, and glaikit kind of means sort of vacant plus you ought to know better. Now, one of the things you ought to understand about Scottish words, a bit like French words, they have emotion attached. So let me rephrase that. Innocent, uh, irritatingly vacant and should know better. Annoyingly vacant and should know better. It's kind of what glaikit means. You've come across glaikit, haven't you? You're looking at me glaikit right now, Alistair. There you go. All these years in Scotland, you've never heard of that. Yes. <laughs> How irritatingly <laughs> vacant you look right now. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, but I always imagine them having that kind of look, and it's like, look at me, aren't I special? And the answer is no. You're not that special. This is not about how special you are. This is a tool to help you to, to talk. So it, it's, it's for everybody. Third thing and final thing really about it that I want you to know is this, that it is a tool to be used regularly. Now, I don't believe in God's kingdom there's ever a sort of use it or lose it option, but it, it's like all of the gifts, it's there to be practiced. 
So this is what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to pray in the Spirit on all occasions? Now, I know some people, uh, a couple of them, though, they, they, they use tongues as well, but I knew a guy who kept sheep, and he used to talk about the fields as being his green cathedral, and he would spend all day talking to God about all sorts of things, and, and it, it matured him in a way that made him an absolute spiritual powerhouse, which was fantastic. But I don't know about you, but I don't find praying constantly that easy a thing to do. Um, and I am somebody who quite likes properly formed, grammatically correct sentences as well. Uh, and uh, therefore, sometimes I need to, to stop doing that and let the Holy Spirit express what it is that I need to be praying. And by doing that, I can pray more constantly and more intensely. And sometimes as a result, the, the Holy Spirit will reveal to me a priority that has been nowhere near what I've been thinking about. And so it's a good tool. It's useful. But you have to use it. And my experience is this, that I know a lot of people who have spoken in tongues in the past, and when they've been really troubled, and they don't really know, and I've spoken to them and said, well, do you ever speak or pray in tongues? They go, oh yeah, I used to. And actually, God has given them the tool they need to get started, and what they're not doing is using it. And it's like anything else. I, I'm supposed to play guitar, um, uh, but it's been quite a while. So now every time I pick up a guitar, I can only go so far, and then my fingers get so sore that I can't play anymore because I haven't played often enough. And I get out of practice. And, and speaking in tongues is similar. That it, it, it might even feel like starting again to you if you've spoken before, but not for a long time. But it's such a useful thing. Prayer becomes something which is natural and an ordinary part of our uh, everyday walking around, as opposed to the normal Western view, which is it's another daily task to tick off before you go and do something that you really like doing which is not actually how we're called to live our Christian life, is it? So, and therefore, it's a fantastic tool, but it only works if we use it. So, remember, it's useful, it's for everyone, and it's for constant use. But in that context, then, let's talk about interpretation. So, we're talking about interpretation. This is where someone understands or gets a sense of what is being said in a supernatural tongue by someone else. Now, I am going to suggest this, that my view about the passage here suggests that somebody, not the speaker, gets the sense of what the interpretation is. And there's a little bit, and I know I'm like this, I'm mythological, but there's a bit of me that says if somebody speaks in their tongue and says, and by the way, this is what I'm saying, that just thinks, well, why didn't you flip and say it then? <laughs> you know, what's all that about? Get on with it. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, sort of just pragmatic about these things. So, I, really, I genuinely think that the passage suggests 
that we're talking about someone else. But it, Paul also says huge caution has to be taken with whether this is a public displayed gift or not, as not the interpretation, but the tongue. And, and, and he's making this clear that this is really not exclusively, but almost exclusively for our personal growth. And what we've got to understand here in the coming together in the body is if someone does feel called to speak in a tongue and there is no interpretation, then we need to be clear then that that person needs to go back. We, it's not for us to judge, but that person needs to go back and to seek God about what it is that they are hearing or why it is that that has happened. So we have to be there. So, but I would like to say that there's more to it than this. I'd like to say that the gift of interpretation of tongues is more than just interpreting as in a straight translation. The phrase isn't translate. The phrase is interpret. And to me, this is an important element because it is about the spirit that comes from behind what is being said. There is not enough emphasis. I think we've made a bit of an emphasis of it in the last quarter here in this church, but there is not enough emphasis about how the use of spiritual gifts is an area of spiritual warfare, and that believers are led astray by the misuse of spiritual gifts and by the, the uh, uh, facsimile of spiritual gifts by spiritual forces that are not the Holy Spirit. And we are called to be vigilant as Christians, and we are called to use spiritual gifts to discern what is being said and from where is it coming. Now, I'm not saying that every misuse of a spiritual gift or every word out of place comes from a demon. Sometimes it comes from the individual having a real hunger or desire either to, uh, to, have, to say what they want to say when really it's for them, not for the whole body. Sometimes it, it's because they've got an agenda and they, they, they can't let it go, which sometimes happens, and a whole range of other things. Now, to me, there's a real advantage in having people in the church who are gifted in interpreting the spirit by which a thing is said. And I don't think that has to be just in a spiritual language. I feel that it's really helpful that people who have the gift to interpret what is being said, why it's being said, and whether it is of help or not is a really useful gift. And I am hoping to see some people in this church grow in that because that's a level of discernment interpretation which will help to keep us safe. So I would say I'd really like to see that as well, but that's more specific than that. Now, here's the thing. I've never come across, and I don't know why, and I was reflecting on this. It's always nice to come up with something new when you're preparing a sermon. So I just want to tell you, I have never come across this. I've never done it myself. But I don't know why when I think about it, okay? If there's someone with a gift of interpretation, and I pray the same tongue prayer say, five or six days in a row. So clearly something's bothering me. I've never ever myself, and I've never heard of anybody else doing it, of going, look, you've got the gift of interpretation. Sit with me while I pray and help me know what it is I'm saying. Have you ever heard of anybody doing that? 
I've never heard of anybody doing that. But it kind of makes me wonder, why not? If we had a vision or a picture or we had a phrase that God was giving us or a dream, we would go to people that we knew had a prophetic insight, wouldn't we, and sort of say, what do you think this means? Or we'd go to maybe some people in the leadership and, and ask them to pray with us. Just, an, just a thought, just an aside thought here. So let's, um, let's finish because it's hot and it's half past. <sighs> what do we do about this? Okay, here's the first thing. Spiritual gifts are available to people who know Jesus. Jesus is a very powerful individual with the authority to forgive what it is that we carry that separates us from God. Nobody else has that authority. If we want to be made spiritually alive, then we need that relationship. Only after that relationship do the gifts flow because we receive the Holy Spirit. So if that's you and you have not got that relationship with Jesus who's kind and loving and eager and keen to see your life put right in the eyes of God, that doesn't mean that your life is going to automatically become a bed of roses. Trust me, I can tell you. But what it does mean is that your relationship with God is now open and we can have that. Number two, do you ever not know what to pray? Do you ever feel a distance between you and God? Do you ever get into a position where prayer becomes an event rather than a lifestyle? Then maybe learning to speak and pray in tongues is something that would help you and give you a tool that you need. If so, receive prayer because it's a free gift for everyone. Have you spoken, prayed, sung in tongues in the past and do not do now? My encouragement to you is to rejuvenate that gift because it will rejuvenate your spiritual walk. So let me encourage you to do that. Do you need prayer? Are you someone, do you think you're someone who can make sense of what's behind what is being said a lot of the time and have never really noticed that this might actually be a spiritual gift? That this might actually be a thing in which you can serve not just the church but individual believers? Then let's pray about that because that's frankly exciting. And it's a gift provided to serve the church. So what are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about this. There is a free gift available. It will radically change your prayer life, radically improve your walk with God, will enable you to communicate in ways which are spiritually healthy, but also exciting. Do you want that gift? Receive prayer. It's freely available. Do it today or think about it and do it in the week. If you don't want to talk to me or anybody else about it, ask God personally, but you've got to step out at some point. Like I said, nobody prayed for me. It just kind of was, which was fantastic. So I don't believe you need to line up at the front and get Charles to play quicker than he has so far this, today uh, and that I can you know, sort of strain my bicep. And we don't need any of that. Uh, I'm happy to do that, by the way, don't get me wrong. I'm not sure about Charles playing, but the rest of it I'm happy to do. And lay hands on. It is a biblical thing that we lay hands and pray for the Holy Spirit. I'm happy to do that. 
But here's my experience. God wants to give us good gifts. Maybe it's for you. So let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, my prayer today is that this body or anyone in this body will not be fearful of the gifts of tongues in them or in anyone else. My prayer today, Lord, is that uh, your desire to have us pour out our heart always to you and to hear your voice always in our everyday life is what you want. Whether that's in a tongue or whether that's in English or whether that's in any other language that we speak, Lord, that's your desire. Lord, help us to see that you are a safe, loving Father who gives good gifts to His children through Jesus. And Lord, I want to particularly pray that if there's anyone here, uh, Lord, who is, who is aware that they have a gift in relation to interpretation, that they may recognize your Holy Spirit moving and grow. Lord, we want to see this as a body move in the gifts that your Spirit has given to equip and to edify the church. And Lord, we want all of us to know Jesus more and more and to know the new life that He brings. In Jesus' name, amen.